episode <laughs> <laughs> we just spent like the last what 10, 10 minutes, minutes going in the first time that katie was going to try to copy me i was <laughs> yeah we went in to do our little sound check and we were both pitched up like chipmunks we sounded like alvin and the chipmunks i'm like how did we get here yeah i literally that has never happened to us so uh i don't know if people know this but we are in a closet <laughs> we are self-made millionaires uh, yep end of episode <laughs> producers uh so when something goes awry in garage band it's just us trying to figure out what happened yeah katie stepped in as the audio engineer and we're back and we're here hi hello hi good morning good morning. morning. how you doing today i'm good i've got a lot of energy so i'm probably gonna be need to take myself on a little dog walk later and like go for yeah a little, i could put your leash on it's <laughs> it's so cold outside though yeah it's was you know doing a little dusting of snow earlier this morning but it's all good how are you feeling good i slept in today i've been working a lot i got my quad mocha with oat milk um because as a barista i am immune to caffeine unless i drink big amounts heavy dose on it yeah and even four shots doesn't get me like (laughs) jittery i literally just feel normal bang yeah. This is the curse. When I was going to school and being a barista, I probably had like 15 espresso shots a That's day. That's fucking crazy. That's yeah. insane. And my mom was like... Your poor heart. My, my mom was like, you're going to burn a fucking ulcer in your... Or not ulcer. You're going to burn like a hole in your stomach. Because when you drink like a lot of caffeine, your stomach's like, the acidity. Yeah. Um, I mean... That's, that's what time. that's what happens when you like wake up at four thirty. It's and, so crazy. And then you're at school till eleven p.m. Yeah, it's wild how your your body can um, go through so many different periods of time. Like sometimes you just have such a sensitivity to caffeine or alcohol or drugs, and other times you don't. Like right now, I'm taking these new meds and they're stimulants, so it's kind of a little. It's like a child's dose, though. It's not crazy, but. I'm usually like a three cup a day person or, you know, at least two cups a day of coffee. And I've had to really scale back because it started to get me amped. Yeah. Just wacky tobacco, whack, whacked up. And then I can't sleep. It's a whole thing. But same thing with like weed, like used to went through a period where I never touched weed and then I smoked it a little bit and then I became like a regular smoker and then went full cold turkey, didn't touch it. And it's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I wish I could enjoy the the weed, but uh, me and Carly both uh our anxiety is triggered by weed. Yeah. I think it now it's like it's become a psychosomatic response where yeah. it's like we've had panic attacks when we've been high. So now anytime even it's probably better now, but like even when somebody around me mentioned that they're going to get high, I feel myself get anxious and I don't understand why. Yeah. No, I definitely think it's cuz even even before I smoked or smoke, I'm going to be like, what if I get high? Or what if I get <laughs> high? What if I get anxious? And yeah. then like, that thought's already in your mind. So even if you don't get anxious, you're already thinking about getting anxious. Which, which means then you, you, get, you will get anxious. Yeah. Though I will say, um, microdosing mushrooms 
heard great things about it. I've only done it, I think, like, three times now. Yeah. But, like, was such a euphoric, <laughs> like, experience, very low-level, like, nothing trippy, just felt like I was kind of stoned. Yeah. But in the way where, like, the world opened up, everything got a little bit brighter. I felt, like, lighter. I felt more talkative. Yeah. Um, uh, really and I've lovely. just been nervous to do it because of my mood stabilizers. Just because, like, you know, I've gotten drunk on my antidepressants, which I don't recommend. Don't do that. <laughs> um, but you, like, you you kind of learn how those meds affect you. But, like, since this is, like, a whole different med, yeah, uh, it's a little bit scarier. For me, also, because we just talked about if you have the idea that I will get anxious. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, even if we take shrooms and it doesn't make me anxious, I will probably be worried it will, which might... Again. Which the answer but I just had an idea, like, if we microdose shrooms and then record an episode. It'd probably be really great. No, that's what I mean. Like, I, <laughs> might, be really I might be, like, open to that, because I'd be like, well, We have something to focus on. Here we are. Yeah. So maybe. Maybe a shroom a shroom apple will come up soon. That would be fun. Yeah. I'm like, we're both off work today. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a shroom episode happens right, right now. now. Anyways, give us a break. Um, <laughs> give, me a, give me a break. But yeah. I mean, I want to try to land the plane. Yeah, we I, didn't. We just didn't have like a runway prepared. <laughs> the runway's disappeared. I feel like I don't know what in me makes me want to be like I gotta I gotta land the the podcast plane at entrance slogan. Oh, you gotta be the one to be like, and we should know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what in me is like. I don't know if it's because I'm like, oh, I'm so like, I like I'm so witty and I'm I'm I'm, I'm funny and I like. Uh, I'm like a bitty bit. Yeah. I like no, you still bit. are, though. You are. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, can you believe my audacity? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't believe you would have the audacity. And I can't believe there's a lot of people that have the audacity. Yeah, and we would know because we are just, just like, like other, other girls, girls, but we're not, not like, like other podcasts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't even plan that one. It just, it just came just, out naturally. It was like playing tug of war, but we just fucking fumbled for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we were talking about this morning things we maybe wanted to talk about, um, and we, <laughs> they all just kind of fell under the umbrella of, like, things that have p- pissed us off or, like, people who have had the audacity. Yeah. Um, just things in, in that world. And we may come askew, but that started with us wanting to talk about um, AI-generated porn. Yeah. And it just, like, AI biddies. <laughs> AI titty bitties. Yeah, like I feel. I mean, how do you feel about it? Just right off the bat, how do you fucking feel about the titties? Indifferent. And here's why. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a quick, quick little. I was already gonna cut you off, so please talk. So, great. Um. So, here's how I feel about it. So, like, there's a couple different pictures that are like, oh my god, on Twitter, can't believe that these four images are generated by AI. And of course, it's like, first of all, the faces of these girls are like 15 year olds. Oh, of course. And they're all like Scandinavian, like white hair or blonde <laughs> hair, blue eyes. They have huge tits. And they're wearing like string bikinis. And they've got like thick hips, like tiny waist, seven fingers, mm. and like just so so strange so right off the bat i'm like okay these are children's faces which is weird because it means that somebody is feeding like young like girls photos into an ai generator that's going to be pumping these images out or it's the ai already like equals 
porn to tiny girl faces. Either go. I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact that it's like you're trying to replicate this sort of like waifu, like hentai, <laughs> video, like like and hentai, like anime girls most often underage. So par for the course. The fingers, like when you start to really look at it, and you're like some. Oh, what there was a tweet. Somebody get a response where it's like I've said this before, but it reminds me of like there's one generation of beetle that like its whole line <laughs> died out because it tried to mate with a beer bottle because it was shinier than all the other beetles <laughs> you see where i'm going with that is this true yeah oh yeah so it's like it, it was able to see like man-made trash it's also like very brightly colored and it's like you must be the sexiest lady beetle and it tries to fuck the, uh, the beer and bottle. the men are trying to fuck the ai girls yeah but it's also like Anyways, I'll co- I'll come back to it. Those are mostly my thoughts. I'm mm-hmm. mostly unconcerned about it. It's of course disturbing because it's you know dystopian, but like we knew it was headed there. It was already kind of happening. Yeah, I was gonna say it would be there. Yeah. How do you feel about it? What are your opinions? It's funny. Uh, obviously, like everything you just said is very true. There's a lot of harmful things that go into it, but I saw a reply that was like these girls are going to have to be asking us out because now we can go get an AI girlfriend. And I'm just like, (laughs) you can't touch it. You can't can't touch your AI girlfriend. Um, So like, honestly, if a man's out there wanting to date an AI girlfriend, Godspeed, because that means I don't have to meet that person in real life. And it's just like there are many points that it raises some people are like this is putting sex workers out of a job because it's replacing them with you know like same way that an ai art is replacing quote unquote replacing artists because people are able to generate this content really easily and then get access to it um but like first of all sex work is so many things mm-hmm. much of which can't be replicated by ai That's what I mean. and also like a lot of sex workers like cam workers will have these companionship parasocial relationships with their clients like it's not all sex based and like Mm -hmm. image based it's Mm -hmm. about like having a person that you have access to yeah that's the thing is like can ai really replicate if it's we're talking about like women can it really replicate like a real life sex worker like that actually fulfills the needs that these men are looking for because i think a lot of i mean a lot but there's like it's like the thing I'm assuming that people are attracted to is like it's a full human, right? It's like, oh, here's this like girl who is like has her whole life, but also like is like this little secret slut and she's a nice secret slut and like whatever. I just feel like AI can't capture human beings' minds, and I hope they don't. That fucking terrifies me. Yeah. Um, Have you seen the. We'll jump back on this topic. Have you seen the, like, you can go on and talk to historical figures? No. no. it's so funny. You can, like, it's, like, this other forum, and it's, again, all AI-generated, but it's, like, you can go on and talk to, like, have Instagram DMs with, like, Napoleon Bonaparte. Or, yeah, like, that's funny. you can go in and talk to Hitler or talk to, like, uh-huh. like literally any of these people. And so what's really concerning is people are posting a lot of this to Twitter and like Reddit and stuff and being like, so I use these chatbots and I'm talking to like, say for example, like Mussolini or Hitler or like, you know, fascists, like people who've done horrible things in history. And 
asking them about the horrible things that they do, and they're giving, like, methodical, like, hyper-realistic answers about, like, um, justifying why they did what they did, or, like, what the reasoning was, and it's just very, it's just uh, very uncomfortable in in general, because it's, like, somebody, like, that came from somewhere. Yeah, that was a real thing. Um, but back on the, on the bot porn, on the (laughs) sexual AI, honestly, it's, like, something stuck with me from my gov class in high school, like, computer-generated child pornography is protected by the Constitution. Like, that's, it's technically a victimless crime, um, it's computer like this is i remember this so clearly like it's computer generated there's no actual harm being done and there's no one to prosecute for it like where do you go do you prosecute the people that consume it do you prosecute the people who created it when it's created by ai who do you prosecute in that case the deep fake thing yeah is a whole other level because those are real people and you're putting their faces on sex workers it's just weird it's just it takes objectifying women to like hell realm you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because it's it's one thing i mean it's gross but it's one thing to like take a screenshot of a person from say a stream or whatever a a instagram and be like look at how hot they are look at their toes uh (laughs) but it's like a whole nother thing to like take someone's face and then put it on a totally different body and then that way you're just you're literally making them like a sex bot. Like you're literally boiling them down to something you want to fuck and taking away everything that is them. Which is and there's levels to this. Like yeah. it's interesting because a lot of the time you said with like streamers, there's that's a whole other story that's circulating right now is like this male streamer. Do you know who he is? No, that's I don't know, you know who he is, but there's a lot of replies of like people being like not him so i like wonder he must have like a decent amount of following and he must he must be one of those quote-unquote like nice liberal feminist guys yeah like it was it was someone i mean i'm just from the comments it seems like it was someone that people weren't expecting and that's why it sucked yeah and what did he do exactly we tell um yeah it was basically like i don't know the full context but i think in a stream he like when you're streaming, you scra- share your screen, and one of the, the things that was open was, like, deep fake of uh, other Twitch streamers on, like, porn porn sites. And uh, there's a lot of levels to that. One, if we're, like, in an office, like, because they're coworkers, right? Yeah, they're in the same field. Yeah. It's like, imagine if you're, you found out your boss was, like, watching deep fakes of you on his computer. Like, that... If you'd get fired, that's fucked up. Yeah, it's terrifying. So the fact that, like, the fact that this man felt, like, the audacity. The audacity. And the entitlement to, like, quote-unquote, I'm assuming he was, like, I don't know, I'm not, uh, this is a lot of assumptions on me, but, like, assuming he probably came off as, like, respect women, respect women streamers, like, I'm an ally, these are my friends. He has this whole apology video, and he's like, we don't tolerate sexism in the chat, like, people get kicked out, we're always making fun of, like, the sexist other streamers. Yeah, so, and I couldn't imagine being those women, I just feel so awful for them, because, like, I mean, if they were friends, like, actually friends, I, I, that would be 
deeply disturbing. Oh, yeah. And, like, also... So dehumanizing. Yeah, and also just... just I mean, I'm assuming being a famous Twitch streamer in itself is very objectifying. And then to find out, like, your colleague or your friend is doing the same thing to you, mm. you're like, when does it end? Does it ever end? Yeah. What What can I do? Like, even if you... Even if you, you quote-unquote, don't wear things that are sexy or you... You know, you're doing everything you can to not be objectified, objectified then they are still putting you in situations where you are. It just... Mm. I would feel so out of control. Like, yeah. I would feel like people were just, I don't know. No t- agency. Yeah, taking parts of me. You know, I, I'm i going to bring up something, like, bring this into, a, a, like, a philosophical lens. Great. And to deconstruct the layers of this real quick. And um, this isn't me being like, like I'm going to play devil's advocate, but, like, I want to talk through this. So, like, something that people have always done and even before deepfakes and AI and technology in general were around, like, to be able to see someone they're attracted to and then have fantasies about them mm-hmm. secretly. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that has always been accessible to people. The internet, obviously, like, we have access to, like, people do fan art. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of celebrities who have, like, you know, NF- NSFW? Yeah. yeah. Fan art made of them. Um, and without their consent, but, and, like, that's circulated on the internet or in these fandom chats, so, like, that's a thing that exists. So is that in the same realm Mm -hmm. as this? And also, it's, 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 it's just, it's apparent to me that, like, obviously this is so abhorrent because oftentimes these deepfakes are, like, usually in the context of not only like sexual it's usually like sexual violence mm-hmm. of some kind yeah like usually it's somebody getting assaulted yeah um and it's a real person who didn't consent to having their image recreated in this way yeah but do you kind of see where i'm going with this like yeah, these, yeah. it's like this levels of things that already existed i think as technology progresses we just continue to expose more and more of the worst parts of humanity that have always existed yeah and like somebody was saying this on twitter which is it's not like this necessarily as far as like people saying like this is putting sex workers jobs in jeopardy and like this is a huge cause for alarm because what if it upends these industries and you know completely revolutionizes our relationship to women or like the mm-hmm. sexual body in general mm-hmm. and uh they were like this is this is like an unending appetite yeah right like this is something that will never never go away like there has been constant unending like throughout history attempts to commodify and sell sex in every possible form of vegetable as we continue to mm-hmm. like expand out it just gets more and more yeah and more insane and it's like it's not you can't satisfy that appetite it's gonna continue to yeah. you know whatever consume whatever gets thrown at it so ultimately the, i think this person was basically just being like this is disgusting and it's just showing you what's already there which is just like a voracious voracious appetite for consumption of the female body above everything else yeah um which is really scary (laughs) no it's yeah it's alarming uh 
it's also alarming like this is something i've talked about with you um how i mean there's a lot of stories right now of like liberal men feminist men coming out with uh allegations and you know whatever sexualizing uh their co-workers but it's like there's something so sinister about your platform being like I'm here to make fun of the sexist guys. I'm here to shine a light on the misogyny and the, and the disgust. And then in your private life, that's who you are. Mm. Like, and there's people like, I'm not just talking about like figures, but there's, you know, there's been a lot of incidences where it's, you, a lot of incidents where men use their uh, progressiveness to abuse mm. people below him and then then they like to pull the card where they're like well I'm, I'm a good person and you know I didn't mean to and, and I'm learning and I'm growing and it's like it's very scary to realize that even people who are quote unquote allies are in the community hurting who they are trying to protect yeah um Andrew Callahan we're looking at you you know yeah we just watched this movie and we yeah I mean I was all like all gas, no brakes. Was so into everything that he was doing. And there's just, and he reminded me. I mean, he's from Seattle, but he reminded me of people that we know. Yeah, and and I mean, I can only think of like two women who videos that I've seen that have actually come forward. But like, think about how many people he's had encounters with that probably will never come forward. I mean, obviously we can't just speculate, but like that's the thing, right? If it was some like evil Nazi man. I think it would be easier for these women to come forward because they'd be like, we already hate this guy. Mm. Look at how gross he is. But, like, when you're, like, a beloved figure... Yeah. And you have to come forward and be like, hey, this beloved figure that protects us actually hurt me. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just going to get backlash. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's... I mean, if we... I would like to talk about me for a second. Let's do it. In the same context of this world. Great. But... um. Uh, I like I think I feel very strongly about that whole thing of like feminist men then using this their safeness to abuse women is like I've had incident like I had an incident where this person came off very liberal very like I'm an artist I'm this and it just felt like safe and then when it came down to it I was assaulted and it it's it really mind fucks you because you're like how could i not have seen it mm. like how could i have not realized that this would happen and it just puts so much blame at least for me on myself where i'm like why did i fall for this disguise um and with that i'm gonna segue when we're talking about sex work uh and like how how there's these like women who unconsenting women who are having their faces like plastered on these violent sexual acts and how they don't have any agency or anything and i i don't know if i've ever talked about this on the pod but in last last summer i had like a not safe for work twitter Mm. um i don't know if we talked about that and it it's at first it stemmed from me being utterly heartbroken and like rejected and just feeling inadequate so I was like, 
I know, <laughs> I know like this ending void that I can fill for a second is like with sexualizing myself because a lot of the time in my life I've gotten like attention or validation or love is through sex. So when I like create this account and I realize as I'm like posting and I'm doing things, I start feeling like a sort of agency because I'm the one who's sexualizing myself. Like I'm the one who is is allowing for people to consume my body in like a sexual way yeah. and as someone who's like been assaulted a couple times and uh abused or whatever it, it gave me some like catharsis or some feeling of like getting power back mm-hmm. where i'm like i mean my, we talked about this but like my whole life i've felt hypersexualized just the way my body is proportioned um and feeling like trapped in my body and feeling like no matter what I wear or what I say, these I'm gonna get hypersexualized. So in that moment, like doing sex work, it felt like I was taking this thing that felt like a weakness or felt like something people took advantage of and like stole from me and I was taking it and I was like, I'm gonna make this a power. Like, yeah. I'm gonna fucking own it. And for a while, it was fun. Like, for a while, I, I really did enjoy it. Uh, and also, like, this is my this is my point of view of sex work. There's so many stories and so many people who thrive in it. And um, Yeah, it's just like your experience. Yeah, my experience. And uh, after a while, it started feeling like my control was going away again. And it was kind of starting to, like... It started just feeling so overwhelming and so, like, dehumanizing to myself. Why do you feel like it it started to change? What changed? I started getting a lot more people viewing my stuff, so I was getting, like, tons of DMs. Um, And I also was getting to a point where I was only taking pictures of myself without my head in it because, you know, I was doing faceless for, like, safety reasons. Yeah. And then there was just, like, a month or two where I only, like, my my phone was just full of pictures of my body mm. and no head. Mm. And I think, like, after a while it started getting to me because mm. I would try to take pictures of, like, my face and I, like, didn't know who I was or, like, what I looked like or I was, like, turned off by, like, how my face looked because I was just spending so much time being only a body mm. and then it realized that... Obviously, I'm more than a, a body. Yeah, but it was starting to, like, actually... H- yeah, hinder me. Be a disconnect in your day-to-day life. Yeah, and it, it just... It just got to a point where it felt like... This thing that made me feel powerful for a while and, like, made me feel sexy and free and fun and wanted then turned into... Feeling... empty or like feeling feeling out of body and feeling like I was now doing the thing that men had done to me in the past where I was just pigeonholing myself into like a hole a sexual hole yeah I guess that's all and it kind of just felt like I was turning into my own abuser Mm. because after a while it felt like self-harm Mm. in a way um 
where I was like, yeah, this is the only thing I am. This is the only thing I'm good at. This is the only thing that's going to give me the attention and validation that I've been begging for my whole life. Like, I'm, I'm too much. I keep getting told I'm too much. But, like, just my body is, like, the too much meant one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I one day I just fucking deleted the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it felt good. It felt... It felt nice to, I mean, experience the high and low of being a sex worker, uh, because there was like, a, you know, I think I, I did develop some confidence within that, but, um, for who I am and like what I want, I knew, I knew sex work wasn't, wasn't going to be like a full-time job. And, like, wasn't going to be, like, the one thing I wanted to do. So I was like, I need to stop this before it starts getting really big. And then... Requires a lot of maintenance. Yeah. And then also, like, could start spilling into other aspects of my life. Because, like, for Mm. a while it just felt like a fun little thing that I got to do. Yeah. And it was, like, my thing. And then, like, you know, I think I hit, like, 3,000 followers. And I was like, this is starting to, like... Like, I don't want this to to start consuming my whole life because I even if it makes me feel good I know it's not going to be fulfilling in the long term and I think there's a lot of people that find it fulfilling in the long term and I think that's fucking so great and so powerful but for myself I just I was like I have to cut this off or else I'm scared that it's going to become like another coping mechanism that actually Mm -hmm. is hurting me yeah like drinking or uh my eating disorder or whatever you know yeah no absolutely absolutely so i guess sorry we went on a huge tangent no, but, but i just i i thanks for saying that i couldn't imagine being like these streamers were like you probably just like i don't know i don't know what they do they play games or you know they probably have this really beautiful community that they feel really connected to and they feel like seen in and they finally probably feel like they have a platform and a home and like this safety within like this world that they built and then just to have like someone you know do that to you and also like in turn like this is a big story so I'm assuming people are now going to be looking for it mm-hmm. it just would be heartbreaking because yeah. like they didn't ask for that and it's hard to this is something that I think about and I think it kind of gets to what you were saying about um like, how do we handle having agency over our own sexuality, which is part of what we've been told is, you know, a part of women's liberation? Like, mm-hmm. how do we have a love for our body and, like, a, a real, like, control over our own pleasure that allows ourselves to, like, sexualize ourselves to a degree or, you know, present however we want to present to have that sense of control while also seeing things like this happen and seeing that, like there are men and people in general who will who don't understand the difference between like well this person like this streamer like maybe she wears like a low-cut top and she's like really cute so like she gets off on the fact that people are watching her yeah so you know it's a natural step that like this something like this would happen like victim blaming Mm -hmm. just one-on-one but it's so again it kind of goes back to what i feel like i was saying earlier where there's an awareness, there must be an awareness when you're a public figure 
that people are attracted to you, fantasize about you, maybe think about you in sexual situations. But then to see that enacted is such a different experience. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, I, I, um, what is her name? Emily Ratajkowski? Emrata. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I feel like whenever people bring her up, they're like, she was the girl in the Blurred Lines music video. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's a model. She's recently had a child. And she's done a lot of, like, op-eds and articles about um, her experience of being a model and her relationship to her body. And she is, like, pretty conventionally attractive, like, stick-thin, fat-ass, big tits, beautiful face. Like, she's a beautiful woman. Emily Emrata, if you're out there, we love you. Um, And she wrote this story that I actually ended up kind of basing a screenplay off of, where, um, it's a true story, where she kind of recounts, like, when she was younger, and she was getting invited to go to these shoots with really prolific photographers that she was being told that she needed to shoot with in order to, like, maintain her brand and her image, and obviously they would, like, plow her with alcohol, get her drunk... And then they would take photos of her, make comments about her body. Um, these are male photographers, obviously. And oftentimes, like, have her do nude shoots and, you know, do nudity as typically is kind of expected. I feel like, especially in the high fashion world, they're like, you know, this is chic to mm-hmm. be able to do this kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this whole conversation around I can't remember the specifics of what happened in her case I think like she didn't end up signing with him and somehow the pictures that she took some of these nude pictures too got released or were kind of like distributed without her consent and I think they were also framed in a kind of unflattering light like, the photographer, like, made some comment about her. Mm-hmm. And she had to go through this whole process of trying to get um, the rights to those pictures. Mm. And this was something that I didn't really know, too. And uh, also something that I've thought about a lot, which is, like, who owns a photo when it's taken? Mm. Is it the photographer who shot the photo or is it the model who is being depicted in the photo? Mm-hmm. Um and I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to, like, um, male photographers shooting naked women mm-hmm. and that voyeurism and that male gaze that, like, lies through everything that we do and we see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways, so control, not having control. Yeah. Wanting to have agency but can't. Yeah. Fully, yeah. It's... It's very confusing, and, like, uh, it was really interesting. We This is, seems very off-topic, but I'll, it'll swing around. We were watching 21 Jump Street last night, <laughs> which, like, Stan, love that show. Watch that on YouTube. But there's, like, an episode where one of the main characters gets assaulted, and they're, like, in, like, a, in a group of women who've been assaulted, and they're talking, and, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a really cheesy show from the 90s, but... There's just this woman being like, I, I got drunk, I went there, like, I just really blame myself for it. And it was, 
I know it was a script and it wasn't real people, but it was weirdly, weirdly like made me feel better Mm. because I feel like even to this day, I think about a lot of the assaults I went through and I do feel like an intense amount of shame and also like an intense amount of like self-blame like being like if I didn't do this I wouldn't have been insulted if I didn't wear this I wouldn't have been insulted if I didn't drink that I wouldn't have been you know and it just it it puts so much pressure on the person the like survivor of this incident and uh there was just something really cathartic about even though it was a TV show, hearing someone be like, I blame myself if I didn't do these things. Because I, I feel like that a lot. And in the grand scheme of things, I wouldn't have been assaulted if someone didn't assault me. Mm. Um, but uh, I just, to go back to like the deep fakes and the, the, the being like, a, uh, I mean, anyone in the public spotlight, like they must have feelings like that where they're like well if I if I didn't want this to happen I shouldn't have been famous or if I didn't want this to happen I shouldn't have so I couldn't I just I can't imagine like the conflicting and so many layers to feeling like you are being sexualized no matter what you do uh yeah what a fun light episode (laughs) (laughs) I know we're like the audacity but um you wanted to talk a little bit about Sam Smith. Yeah. And this is also, like, we don't have to put disclaimers, but we're just two girls. I'm, I didn't read a book. I didn't research. I've never read I've a book. I've never read a book in my whole life. I'm dyslexic. Um, but I don't have, like, stacks of evidence, and I don't have, like, the full story. But um, what I've noticed, especially through TikTok, is, like, a big upturn of people openly hating Sam Smith and and the thing that I find very very off-putting is you know it would be different if they're like I don't like this music I like his old music like that's that's his art that's objective whatever Mm -hmm. but I keep seeing constant constant videos of being like I miss the old Sam Smith and they show pictures of him when he was like thinner and and tiny and then they go I hate the new one and they show pictures of him now where he's like in a larger body and he's just wearing like feminine clothes and I've just seen so many videos and the comments are like yeah he like I don't like how he looks now he's blah 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 blah. he really let himself go gross blah 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 blah. like all these fat phobic comments blatantly and it's so it's so weird to to be in a fat body and to realize that a lot of these criticisms stems from fat phobia like obviously not all of it if you hate his music godspeed but a lot of the criticism people are having like i hate what he is wearing Mm -hmm. i hate that he made that face i hate that he's trying to be sexy it's like at the end of the day you think fat people are gross you think fat people aren't sexy you think fat people shouldn't be able to wear what they want to wear um and it's been really (laughs) I mean, the audacity. It's just been really interesting because, uh, yeah, I I saw an interview with him where he's talking to 
I don't know if it's a friend or someone, and they show like a, an album cover. Again, I don't know a lot about Sam Smith. I don't know what album this is, but they show an album cover of him when he was thinner, and the guy was like, not Sam, the other guy was like, you know, I see this picture of you, and I just see how like, how sad, or like how miserable you look, or like how you just don't look like you're full of life in this mm. picture. And then Sam goes, yeah, I was starving myself. And damn. And and then you, on the other side, you have people idolizing that picture and idolizing him in his starvation. Yeah. Ed culture is everywhere. And that's the thing is like I feel like people who are making these comments, not all of them, but I feel like a lot of them like aren't even realizing what it's coming from. Like they don't even realize that this is coming from fat phobia or coming from their hatred of fat people. They're just like. <laughs> He's so funny and goofy looking now. He's so he's so funny and goofy. He's such a weirdo. Um, yeah. I mean, seeing the... Most recently, I feel like the pictures, he's, like, wearing a corset or some kind of, like, top like that. Or pasties. And you just know that if it was Harry Styles, like, everybody would be eating well, it up. Well, that's the thing. As Okay, as a Harry girl, as a Harry slut, as a, I would jump in front of a bullet for Harry Styles. Girl. Someone put a picture of Harry Styles in like a glittery jumpsuit and then put Sam Smith in a glittery jumpsuit and and was like how come one of these you you are like yes you're so hot Harry yes what a what a king what a gender crushing king yes and then you see <laughs> Sam Smith and you're like why is he wearing that that looks really gross on him that's ugh, ugh. and and then there's people in the comments that are like, well, the, the cut on Harry's suit fits him better, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, well, then let's talk about that. Why is it easier for straight-sized people to get clothes that fit correctly? Mm. How hard is it for fat people to get clothes that fit incorrectly? Because clothes are not made for fat bodies. Like, if we really want to get into the specifics. But at the end of the day, you don't like Sam Smith in a jumpsuit because he's fat, and you like Harry Styles in a jumpsuit because he's thin and he's and he's fit, and you think he he earned the right to wear that stupid mm. sparkly jumpsuit. But at the end of the day, they're both stupid sparkly jumpsuits. Yeah, and the problem lies with you. Yeah, and they bring joy to both people. It just makes me really sad because like I've been seeing a lot of Sam videos of Sam Smith where he seems like really happy mm. that he gets to like express himself and like do this thing and to just see the comments that are just like I miss the old do like I couldn't imagine yeah when I mean both of us having had eating disorders and gone through different um points of time where we were like in smaller bodies like that's a thought I already have <laughs> like I know and then you don't have, have to like, tell me that the masses agreeing yeah that would destroy me dude and it just it, yeah our culture loves that tabloids love that a fucking I'm glad to see at least in the Instagram and Twitter bubble that I have most people coming to his defense and like saying the things that we're saying right now but like honestly think about it even if you are the kind of person who's like I would I would never say anything like that to somebody who's gained weight like even if you have internalized thoughts about people in your life who have recently gained weight or recently lost a lot of weight and how you react to that and what you kind of verbalize to them speaks a lot about you. So just be mindful. Yeah, I just, I think, I mean, also coming from me, I think of a lot of people sat down and looked at themselves and was like, where, how do I feel about fat people? Why do I feel this way? 
Where does it come from? Because, you know, we talked about this a lot. People don't want to feel like they're a bad person. Mm. And to confront that you might feel a certain hatred towards a body type or whatever, uh, a group of people, it's like you feel like you're a bad person. You, you don't like yourself. But if we if we sit and really think about the, the beliefs we hold and where they come from, just would make the world better like I obviously it's not easy like we the world's never gonna be perfect it never ever will be but but that level of introspection but still to like I mean when I was fat in high school there was like no plus size anything no representation um and even you know there's a huge this pendulum is switched where there's a lot and I feel like a lot of people are like well, fat phobia is gone. There's a fat model. I saw a fat model on a billboard. Fat phobia is fucking gone. Stop complaining. Go to the gym. Fix yourself. Um, and there's just no nuance because at the end of the day, no matter how many fat people you see on a billboard, it isn't going to get rid of the fat phobia that is in with all of us. Yeah. Even fat people. Yeah. Like, I've said on this podcast... I, I have fat phobia, for sure. It's, I mean, and that exists, like, in the same way. Internalized racism. It's a thing we all have to confront within ourselves. Yeah. It's all... Uh, and that's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. That's not, like... No. Yeah, not only am I a white person and an ally, but, like, I know I'm racist, so... Check, check, check. Like, There's just work we have to do. Yeah. A huge step. Wherever you're at in that process... Don't fucking comment on people's bodies. Just don't. Doesn't matter. And if you want to, why don't you sit and think about why you felt that you feel the need to do that? Yeah, take a couple steps and reframe. If you're even if you're commenting ne- or you're positively on somebody's body, like what about it? Yeah, what just spark this. Yeah, this True. thought process. But it's just yeah, it's very. I've also been seeing a lot of people be like well every time i go on a date i you know i i I text them and i make sure they know i'm fat Mm. so they know so because i've had so many instances where you know people people post their pictures and they're like i'm not trying to pretend i'm not fat but like they really want them to know that they are fat because there's been instances where they go on a date and like the person's mean to them the person leaves suddenly the person is like you're fatter than i thought and i just get so sad because I feel that way. Because people are like, oh, I think I have a friend that would like you. Oh, I th- I know this person that would like you. Oh, what if I did this for you? And my first thought is, do they like fat people? Mm. Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to trick them. I don't want to. I don't want to set them up, and then they I get there, and they're like, oh no. Um, yeah, but putting yourself in that subcategory. Yeah, it, it just is really weird because. I, even I, who feel, I feel like I have a body type that is seen a lot in media and is applauded, I, (laughs) I constantly have to wonder, like, about my body and also have to, like, warn people and, and try to, like, make straight 
sized people and smaller people understand that yes I know a lot of this is my inner voice and yes I know a lot of it is my own self-hatred but also like at the end of the day this is a real thing that affects me and like I I do get these comments and I do go out and people do look at me and I know why like you just know Mm. and I know again I think sometimes it feels invalidating because uh At least for me, it makes me feel a little crazy where I'm like, am I just making this up? Do I not experience that phobia and I just hate myself? But no. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's like, it makes sense that the the things that you feel about yourself are a reflection of the way you've been treated. Yeah. But also, at the end of the day, I know I got to treat myself better and I have to like myself better. And there's been a lot of times where I do shoot myself in the foot. Yeah. Um, I got a trigger finger. But, uh, the audacity. The audacity. People. The audacity of ourselves. To the audacity of me. Ourselves before. Trigger warning. Bodies. Trigger warning. Myself. Looking into a mirror. Trigger warning. Formed. Physically. <laughs> Metaphysical energy. Uh, physically. Is there anything to end this episode? Because this was heavier than I thought. Is there anything <laughs> audacity-wise that is maybe a, a light topic you a, want to touch on? A light audacity. Um, or just anything that you want to throw out there as we scream into the void of this microphone? I'm trying to think. Um, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> an adult man just <laughs> suggested that I lie to get out of a professional obligation. Which I thought was the audacity. An adult man who I thought had integrity told me to compromise my integrity in order to do him a favor. Um, the audacity. So that's crazy. The audacity. But what else? Yeah, that's one for me. How about you? Anything else? Hmm. Funny, funny. Yeah, I'm trying to get a funny, funny one. <laughs> There's still a mouse in our apartment. The audacity. Okay, that. Every time I see that fucking mouse, I scream at it. Um, the audacity of beautiful men Ugh. coming into my cafe and not giving me their number right away. True. <laughs> Which is true. A very a weird thing to say. Uh, <laughs> but I do have a cafe crush. I know that's not the audacity, but Ugh. it is something that gets me through the day. This, if you listen to this man for some reason, that would be very weird. But you beautiful tall man, God bless you. <laughs> you really make my day sparkle. Sparkle. <laughs> you really make my day sparkle. Honestly, having a customer service crush puts yeah, it gets you through. It really does. Um, and I hope to see him real fucking soon. God bless. Uh, the audacity to be addicted to nicotine. Me. Do you want to hit my? <laughs> Big tobacco goddess by the throat. The realist audacity.